Okay, for those of you that have hung around here for any time at all, you understand that the core of what SiteShift is about, identity, mission, community, and living out that secure identity, we just keep moving uh, the knowledge forward and we keep also breaking it down in different ways. And one of the ways that I've really been fascinated working on the content lately as far as things that I'm talking about with companies and helping people with was inspired by a chat with our Site Shift Athletes leader. And really, he helped me see the best way to say what Site Shift is, it's, it's, it's mindset training. Site Shift is the how. It's, it's the how you train your mind. And he had been working on something with these mindsets that just lit my brain up on what it looks like to, to break sight shift down as a way of describing it to seven mindsets. And so what I want to do right now is walk through these seven mindsets. I want to walk through what I think the relative, you know, what, what's relevant about that for the world today, really what makes um, sight shift, you know, butt up against conventional wisdom that's just wrong. I want to try to really give voice to the critic that would say, Chris, you're wrong, or Sight Shift, you're wrong, um, and, and interact with that in an honest way, and give it some practical focus for what you do as you help others grow and empower them, because that's really the obsession of Sight Shift, how to train your mindset so that you can relax your way into who you are, your own brilliance. All right, so the first mindset that Sight Shift is really built around, and, and I'm just going to say that you need these seven mindsets. I don't care whether you go through Sight Shift or not. You just need to figure out how to get these mindsets. Uh, but the first mindset you need, let's talk about it th that way, is you need a resilient mindset. You need the ability to lead anyway. What do you mean lead anyway? I mean lead no matter what's happening. And what is going to stop you from being resilient is being a part of an institution. Let me, let me just explain this. Institutions reinforce tribalism. They reinforce tribalism because they can't uh, exist without you. And so an institution keeps you codependent, and I don't care whether the institution is college, a marriage, uh, churches, religions, uh, jobs, corporations now are institutions. Institutions are designed to need you to survive. And so they reinforce tribalism and they harm more than help because, you know, humans are going to act tribally. We're going to group together. I mean, this is what Robert Keegan was talking about with the socialized mind and his research there. We are not a blank slate. Steven Pinker, uh, his book on, you know, the who, who we are as humans. And so what happens is um, an institution works against your resilience because it's not helping you learn who you are apart from the mission in the community. It's trying to define you by the mission of the institution or by the community of the institution, which, again, Robert Keegan's socialized mind. I belong with you, so you tell me how to believe and behave so I can stay a part of you. Um, now, the goal is for an institution to help you be at your best and then best support the team. And I do think that's where the future of institutions are going that uh, are, are going to help 
you know, transition humans into the next age as we move, you know, we've moved from agriculturalism to industrialism. And as we move into the next age, we have to have institutions that do that. And I think that's, you know, colleges, I think that's jobs, I think that's religion, I think that's marriage. All of them need to help us become resilient. But you can't wait on that to happen. If they're not going to develop you, you have to develop yourself. You have to develop a resilient mindset where no matter what happens in your circumstances, you can keep going. You learn who you are apart from the mission and the community. That's a resilient mindset. Now, I will say that institutions... um, you know, have been critical to society for thousands of years. And I can hear the voice of the critic going, they're going to be critical going forward. They will, but they've got to learn to take people on a journey of empowerment. And so for those of you that lead anything, that are listening to this, don't lead for others to become codependent on whatever institution you're a part of. The team, the corporation, the job, the marriage, the family the school, the religious experience, whatever it is, you know. And so how do you develop a resilient mindset? Well, you know, you've got to be able to emotionalize a thought experiment or life's going to do this for you. It's going to bring to your doorstep the challenge, which is figuring out who you are apart from what you do and who you relate to. So first mindset that you need is a resilient mindset. And you've got to understand how institutions don't always cooperate with that. Second mindset you need is a relaxed mindset. A relaxed mindset. A relaxed mindset is the ability, because you can choose what you build your identity around, you can react with awareness to what's happening with you and around you, to, to inside of you, to your relationships, your circumstances. It's the ability to be your own best self-knowledge guide to be your own best leader. Now, here is the challenge that we're going to face today in our world with this. Uh, More deconstruction is coming. Here's what I mean. Right now, we're seeing, for the first time ever in human history, lots of deconstruction as people can get on the internet and make a choice about their identity. They can actively... uh, think about what they want their identity to be, what they want to build their identity around. And there's more exposure than ever. So you're not just growing up with, you know, the familial identity or the religious identity or the social identity that you and your ancestors shared for thousands of years. Now with the internet, you can find lots of different ways of living out your story. And so as a result of that, we're seeing a lot of fundamentalism in the illiberal left and the alt-right crop up. Uh, and and the, you're only going to see more of that because the stress and the fear of deconstruction creates um, a hardening of categories. But instead, what you see happening, because more deconstruction is coming, is coming, while people want to harden categories, you're actually seeing categories start to blur. And you're starting to see uh, them change you know, you could say that it's syncretism. And you're going to see people being very uptight with their categories, very angry about it. And, and you're going to hear the critics say, hey, yesterday's beliefs hold all this together. Or you're going to hear people say it's today's beliefs. That's the only hope. And a relaxed mindset 
is able to progress through the deconstruction, even if it's big deconstruction or just the small deconstruction of, you know, why am I upset about that thing at work right now? To progress through it and to come out on the other side, still being able to harness who they are into what they do in their relationships, no matter how much deconstruction is happening. I mean, I can think of small, medium, and deconstructions in my life right now, small deconstruction. Uh, you know, I'm looking at my daily flow, and there's some things that need to upgrade and change, and I'm working through that. Medium deconstruction. You know, my kids are becoming older teenagers now and relating to them and, and the way that that's so much fun, and, and there are challenges to that. Big deconstruction. Uh, what's it like for me to wrestle with questions that maybe I've been thinking about for six or seven years? Uh, we're all working through deconstructing and rebuilding, and a relaxed mindset helps you go... I get to learn who I am, figuring out how to build my identity, and I'm going to do that. Now, if you want to do this better in your life, what do you do? You look at the filter you're processing your life through, and you go, where can I change my mind? I mean, you, it's like you have, you have a filter you're looking at your life through. I want you to take that off and then look at it. That's critical thinking. If you are a leader, your responsibility is to help people live this out as you model the ability to change your mind. There are things you need to be consistent in, but you also need to show that when you're secure in who you are, you have a relaxed mindset, you get to choose your reactivity, and you get to change your mind about things. You get to upgrade. You get to develop and grow. Third mindset you need is a victor mindset. Now, I did a whole thing on victor-victim uh, in, in earlier episodes, so it's kind of like this is zoomed out even bigger picture of you. Uh, that was a big undertaking because I just see that playing out so much in our society right now. So I'll get into that in a minute. But a victor mindset is about understanding individual development is supreme and the hardships that happen to you in your life are not what you build your identity around, but instead all of those make up parts of your identity. So your identity is not just your religious upbringing, your race, your sexuality, your culture. So you don't have to be in this insecure place of a tit for tat, I've got to fight for my rights, don't appropriate you know, my culture, all of this stuff that's happening. Instead, your story transcends labels. Uh, your story means you can be secure in who you are, whether it's you know, feminism or patriarchy or all of these things that we feel like we've got to fight and deconstruct. No, instead we're able to say, I don't have to process my life through the lens of being a victim. I'll have a victor mindset. What happens to me grows me and develops me. Uh, the modern way that people are approaching this dysfunctionally that works against the victor mindset is by categorization. And categories block customized wisdom. Labels block customized wisdom because you start to look at everything through the filter of you know, this is mine, and I need this, and I want this validation, and give me this validation. And if you don't give me this validation, I'm going to protest for it. So now you're distracted from living out your mission and building your community. Now, that doesn't mean we don't work to move things forward, build a level playing field. I talked about this in the Victim Victor series. Um, I, I, you know, absolutely we need to do those things. But the minute that it becomes what you get from the world, not what you give to the world, you do not have a victor mindset. Now, I get the critic would say, hey, the labels help us. They group us together. They help us get more done. As long as the labels aren't the center of our identity. 
Because the minute the labels become the center of our identity, we become, we lose the victor mindset, we gain a victim mindset on the lookout for the ways that we're oppressed. And you're only going to see more of that struggle uh, as we move forward in a society that's going through tons of change. So, okay, next mindset you need is the visionary mindset. Uh, oh, I didn't give you the, the what you can do and the leader's responsibility for the victor mindset. So let me do that real quick. Uh, if you want to work on developing the victor mindset, look for the way your disadvantages can become advantages. That's not just a hype self-help thing. I mean, that's like what focuses a creative brain, uh, develops creativity, I should say, and innovation. You want to look for how your disadvantages can work to your advantage. Um, I mean, that's like, that's fun. That's applying your brain to solve things and get creative. If you're a leader, your responsibility to help others develop a victor mindset is to challenge them to find the opportunity and the challenge. That's said that challenge twice. Redundancy. <laughs> Encourage them to find the opportunity and the challenge. Well, you, if you lead teams, if you lead people, you're going to be up against the wall and you're encouraging them to find a way. Man, I can't remember the book now. And it was a book on innovation, but it just said... Start asking the question, you know, we, when people say, we can't, you know, it's just flipping it around. Well, how can we? And then get to that innovation that you need to find. But this isn't cheesy and forced. This is truly the way that you approach the world. Uh, Carol Dweck's book, Growth Mindset, applies here. It applies in a lot of these places. Fourth mindset, visionary mindset. The visionary mindset. The visionary mindset. You can imagine progress. You can imagine the future. You can imagine growth. And this isn't just, you know, what you would want to have happen in your mission or your community. It's imagine. It's an, imag an imagination of the changing of your character that you actually can look out and see yourself more advanced than you are now in your capacity, your... Um, you know, your patience, your joy, your love, your peace. I mean, we can go on and on. So to be a visionary means you can see what isn't yet a reality. Now, what you're going to butt up against is people are always going to try to pull um, your mindset, because this is where the average person lives, into a place of fearing the future, over-reminiscing the past. And you'll hear this a lot when people are talking about even economic changes and job changes. And so they'll want you to start to, uh, to think about your life in terms of, you know, what you can do to play along in this grand narrative of we all work together to build society. Now, I believe, and I can hear the critics saying that, society needs lots of doers. You know, just keep doing what needs to be done. Don't, don't imagine your way out of your hard circumstances. History repeats itself. Listen, uh, you know, I was thinking about this this morning. If I send an email out to an e my email list, I'm going to get a certain percent that read it and a certain percent that, you know, take action. And I remember thinking, well, I'm going to try this one experiment. Well, I can't because if I do that, I mean, uh, it won't work because the industry standard is you only get this percent, 
engage this way. And I'm like, wait a second. That's not a visionary mindset. A visionary mindset says, I, I could have something unusual happen. I don't want to be locked in. I mean, that feels like the, not the best example I could use, but a visionary mindset imagines the future character potential and then the mission in the community that would come around that. And society does need lots of doers, and there's always going to be lots of doers. But we need dynamic leaders who are adaptive and resilient and visionary. Not just people that double down on some kind of incremental change they hope they can get in their life, but actually people who learn how to harness who they are. And if you want to start living a visionary mindset, a simple way to do it is just to say, I'm going to build one new skill. Virtually everything that you think would change your life that you don't have access to is a learnable skill. Um, intelligence matters. That's a factor. But there's so many skills that you can learn. And you can start stacking those skills in such a way that you're doing things at a level that others aren't able to because they haven't put in the work. If you're a leader, your responsibility to help train the visionary mindset is to expose people to places they feel at the edge of their abilities and then offer them training to develop their skills. That's how you grow. So that's the visionary mindset. The focused mindset. The focused mindset. The focused mindset is when you can be present, engaged, you're here now, but you're also moving your life to a future vision, right? So we just said visionary. What flows out of that is a focused mindset. I can be present with you now, but I'm also influencing. I'm not afraid to influence. I'm not afraid to grow my influence and start moving things along this trajectory. Trajectory. It's, a, it's the ability to quiet my mind in the craziness of circumstances, in the pain, in the struggle, in the loss, in the fear, in the hurt, whatever's going on, and to be able to engage this present moment but still move it to the future. Now, society is working against you developing this mindset because most people respond to fear. So fear is how they, by they, read in whatever you want, uh, they direct you. Um, and I've referenced this before. I mean, I saw students when I was a college professor pick their fear, try to pick the right, ma or pick their fear, try to pick the right major out of fear, try to pick the right career out of fear. I see people do this with positioning decisions. They'll call or I'll talk to people about their careers and they'll ask advice on changing companies. And they're thinking constantly about how to position but they're thinking about it from a standpoint of fear. Now, the critic would say the wise see trouble coming and adjust, and I totally agree with that, but success is no straight line, and fear-based decisions will put you in the wrong position. So what we want to learn to do with a focused mindset is to make decisions from, it's going to be okay. And that's small, medium, and big application of that. And so... If you want to start working on this, just find one way you can look at a decision you need to make and start thinking about making that decision, not from a place of scarcity, but abundance. Like, there's plenty to go around. It's going to be okay. What would you decide? If you are a leader, your responsibility to really shape those around you to have a focused mindset is to lead with language that overflows your 
uh, abundance, your awareness of abundance, that if you're not directed by fear, you're not going to direct others by fear, and that changes things. It's so beautiful. It's powerful. Language shapes a culture. So that's the focused mindset. The process mindset. The process mindset is where you start to continue to hone in your ability to step into these other mindsets on demand. It's where you can say that I know and live my truth, that change just isn't about upgrading my language. It's about continuing to harness experiences, to position myself for peak experiences on demand, and to change the way that I'm living. And the process mindset uh, is where we really come to start to understand that science and math are great, but storytelling is what's changed the world over and over again. Stories surface reality. So there's going to be lots more data manipulation, pop psychology studies, things that are happening that don't get at the deepest realities of who we are and how we are and that your brain can be tricked from so much of the input around us but you're going to pull back from that and work on your own processes developing yourself over and above what's coming at you from so many different places. You know, I thought about this recently with my phone because it's got haptic feedback on the home button. So if I press the home button, the haptic feedback makes it feel like it pressed in. So I had turned my phone off and then I went to press the button and it was static. It didn't press in and my brain was tricked by this because I'm like, wait a second, that's so weird. Haptic feedback has trained my brain to a false reality that the button presses in. The button doesn't press in. And we're going to have a society that hungers for data more and more, and that's good. But the problem is you're going to hear the critics say to the process mindset, data helps us know reality over and above perception. And what I'm going to say back to that is, yeah, but perception is still reality, and a story changes us more than data ever will. And the stories a leader tells reveals if they are empowering others with fear or love. So if you want to work on the process mindset, wherever you're tolerating or avoiding in your life or your leadership, upgrade it through replacing it with that new habit you've been working on or that new skill that you've been building from the earlier visionary mindset. Um, And if you're a leader that is wanting to develop these mindsets in others, which why wouldn't you? (laughs) You need to learn to build rituals into the rhythm of your team that focus and relax them. There's a lot of different ways you can do that. I mean, it's the way you build your strategic planning. It's the way you do fun parties and everything in between. You want to keep people focused and relaxed and help them get into those states as they need on-demand process mindset. I feel like there's so much that I'm leaving out that I want to talk about here. Um, But hey, at least I'm giving you an overview of these seven mindsets. Last mindset, the empathic mindset. The empathic mindset. The mindset that's able to understand the other, which is, right, the great end result of getting away from tribalism. And so if we want to have an empathic mindset, we can 
serve. We can give love away even when we are misunderstood. Uh, I'm thinking of the Pearl Jam given to fly song, Stripped and Stabbed, He Still Gives His Love Away. Man, I love that song. And the empathic mindset enhances our humanity. And technology is only going to keep increasing, taking us away from the empathic mindset. It'll diminish humanity for so many people. Uh, I was just talking to a friend who was telling me that more people tuned in for a, a video game experience. It's like 70 million people than were watching the NBA Finals. I'm, tech is just going to continue to explode as a part of our life, experiences of VR and gaming and simulations. And you're either going to be seeking to escape from reality or enhance your experience of being human. And if you're going to develop the empathic mindset, you're you're going to be in a place that you're moving away from the trend of what some are going to be doing, which is becoming less and less human. You know, the phone isn't going away. (laughs) Robots aren't going away. AI isn't going away. Regardless of how far it goes, it's going to be around and it's going to increase in its presence. Now, you know, the the critic would say we just need more empathy, and that's the answer to everything. And I would say, well, empathy is great, but it's only a starting point. We've got to take the empathy and go back to number one and let the institutions move forward and change and transcend to develop and empower the individual. Now, I'm going to say a, a bit about that in a second, but but if you want to develop the empathic mindset, um, the best way to do that, commit to a relationship. Now, I'll say it this way. Commit to a micro-apprenticeship relationship, um, specifically in the work context or if, if you're going to really transform an institution, you have to work with people on developing them. How do you develop them? You develop yourself. Where you grow, you give to others. So commit to a micro-apprentice relationship. And if you're a leader, it's your responsibility to create a structure and supply content for people to take a journey of individual development. I mean, that's the key task. Robert Keegan, I referenced him earlier, they talk about that in their newest book on every you know, becoming a developmental culture that everyone needs to develop and grow. That growing to the edge of your abilities isn't for the select few, it's for everyone. And that burnout happens, not because of the overload, but because we can't make meaning out of our work. And we want to help people do that. So these are the seven mindsets. Resilient, relaxed, victor, visionary, focused, process, empathic. And empathic is the, um, you know, is not the end point in the sense that we want this to become cyclical, so we're going back to transforming institutions through these empathic relationships. Now, you need these seven mindsets. These seven mindsets are how you get to the edge of your abilities. You become the best of who you are. You become a champion. You know, whatever the phrase is that you want to use, um, you grow as much as you can. These seven mindsets are key. What, and you need to find something that can get you into these seven mindsets. What Sight Shift does in our 12-part process is teach you these seven mindsets. We give you teaching and skills to get you there. These seven mindsets, you got to go figure it out somehow, some way, or you sight shift and, and sight shift will map on to anything you're doing or experiencing. The more you have going on, the better uh, or the more transformation you'll get out of it. But find a way to work on developing your resilience, learning to stay relaxed, in the moment, 
a victor mindset so that you are not shut down but optimized in the moment, a visionary mindset, you see what others don't see, a focused mindset that in the moments that you need it most, you quiet your mind, you zero in. A process mindset, you keep honing and developing yourself in an empathic mindset. You become a better human. Thanks for being here. Work on those mindsets. Develop yourself. Grow. Peace.